1: 1759 Ladies and gentlemen Live from the West Coast It's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide Your inside look into combat sports Ring Talk Live Worldwide Brought to you by the WBC The World Boxing Council It is absolutely necessary That we all
2: get together we work together. We respect each other. We like and love each other.
1: And now, the host of the longest running fight show in radio and internet history. I'm getting tired of people running from me in the ring. Mike Tyson, uh, Holyfield, you a bunch of bums. Stand up
2: and be a man and fight a real fighter. Pedro Fernandez. Dumb as you get. Bienvenidos, ladies and gentlemen. Emanating, coming at you from the multi-million dollar sports by Lion Studios. Check it. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide on WBC-TV. Often imitated but never duplicated, 37 make that, 38 plus years now of knocking out all bums. Who am I? My name is Pedro Fernandez. I am your ever so modest host. And when I say modest, think Caps. I'm a four-time Golden Glove champion and an award-winning journalist, so I know a little bit about boxing. But guess what? The average fan knows a little bit more. They've got a different insight. So at the top of each hour, I open up the toll-free phone line just for you guys to drop me a line if you'd like. one 800 878 7529. That's 1 800 878 7529. That's the Lister line. Of course, the free, No Commitment Text line. You can text us here in the studio. That number is 415 873 1613. That's right there in the Take that one more time. One more time. 415-275-1613. That's toll-free. That's our right. Ah! I'm gaffing today. This is one of those days where I'm just gaffing from the start. Anyway, bottom line is we've got the uh, Boxing's PhD Socrates Palmer coming up. Uh, got some sad news to talk about a little bit later. Of course, Ronnie Spector passed away. She uh, was the lead singer of the Ronettes, a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. She called me on Facebook a few years ago when she couldn't make it to a gig in San Francisco because she had agreed to do an interview with me at Sigma Stern Grove. So the bottom line is we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. So we got Joe Smith going in on ESPN. We got fights last week, of course. What's going to happen at 135 pounds? Will these guys stop talking and start fighting? I mean, come on. Javante Davis, Ryan Garcia. I mean, come on. Let's settle the score at 135. Devin Haney, do I have to keep going this The talent is deep, but it's no good if they're not fighting each other. You're tuned to Ring Talk.
1: Ring Talk, live worldwide, brought to you by the WBC with Pedro Fernandez.
0: At Aleko.com, let us help you create your own backyard oasis, offering fire pits, pergolas, awnings, patio furniture, heaters, inflatable hot tubs, and more. We employ a group of highly skilled and knowledgeable employees who are happy to help you each step of the way. View our full selection at Aleko.com. That's A-L-E-K-O.com. 10% off plus free shipping on any item. Use code RADIO10 at checkout. Aleko.com.
1: I need to be able to work from anywhere so I need to have supplies, well, everywhere. It's possible at Staples. I need the same setup for my home as I have at the office, without twice the cost. Also possible, because your local Staples store has the tools your business needs to get work done. Now get 40% back in a Staples store bonus when you buy any two Inker toner cartridges. Explore what's new at Staples, the working and learning store. Ends 115, limit two in-store only. See staplesconnect.com slash store bonus for details. Now soul or ring talk with Pedro Fernandez,
2: little East Bay soul. Greg Adams and company, of course, originally from Westmore High School in Daly City, California, class of 1968. He gave up the Joliet School of Music in New York City and decided to join Tower of Power instead. Of course, the rest is history. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking into the world of boxing, MMA. Some of the boxing headlines, of course, as a Joe Smith, main event tonight on, uh, when I say Joe Smithy, of course, he is a nondescript name. He he is a nondescript fighter to an extent, but he holds the W.B.L. 175-pound title, so we'll talk about that to an extent. Um, But Keith Thurman made a good case, I think he's making a pretty good case here, for boxing being a pay-per-view sport. He's trying to say that there's no sport like boxing, and every punch to the head is a mild concussion. Hmm. That's interesting to look at it from that perspective. Not too many fighters uh, look at it from that from uh, from that angle. I mean, most guys just want to go out there and make the money. <clears throat> Keith wants to make the money, but as far as Keith Thurman being a pay-per-view star is concerned, I think that's like to be determined. I mean, I don't know. I think he's lost that one fight, but outside of losing that one fight, he's been famous for going into the woods—at least famous in my neck of the woods—for going into the woods and smoking weed like blowing a flute. So outside of blowing the flute and smoking weed, I don't know what he's done in the last couple of couple and a half, couple and a half years. But the bottom line is, he wants to come back. It'll be a pay-per-view event. We'll talk about that in extent, of course, as we bring in boxing's PhD, Mr. Socrates Palmer. And how are you today, sir? I'm
3: doing great, Pedro. How's it going?
2: Yourself? Pretty good, pretty good. Well, maybe we'll hear from the Cut Man a little bit later in this uh, next segment of the show. But the Cut Man is in the hospital. Of course, he uh, flopped out here, had some uh, diabetic issues last week, and we found him Friday night. Took him to the hospital with an ambulance. They uh, had him there for six days. When he talked to me yesterday, the day before yesterday, you know what he said to me, first thing he said to me, Sock? He goes, I've been kidnapped. He goes, where am I? He had no idea <laughs> where he was. I said, you're in the hospital.
3: That's scary stuff, man. And like I said before, he's lucky to have a friend like you.
2: Yeah, that. that well, I don't know if he's lucky to have a friend like me. He's just lucky. to be. He's just lucky. just playing out lucky. Anyway, bottom line is Cutman is on the mend. Now, Keith Thurman... Talking about pay-per-view, um, we'll get to that in an extent. I guess the real headline this week is Bob Aaron being sued by Terrence Crawford. Terrence Crawford being the undefeated lad out of that boxing hotbed, Omaha, Nebraska. Of course, undefeated, I think, 39-0, <laughs> 38-0, 34 years old. But it's all numbers in my mind. In other words, it's all numbers. He's got great numbers, but there are no great names on that uh, attached to that resume. Is that, is that a fair assessment? Uh, I think he's
3: got good names. Doesn't have the household names. Uh, his biggest win and was uh, his most recent win against Sean Porter.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, Without a I mean,
3: doubt, he, yeah. I mean, he took care of a guy, stopped a guy that just doesn't get stopped. You know, a durable, not great fighter, but a guy who has been in there has been in the in the ring with some of the better fighters of this generation. Uh, you talked about numbers. I mean, Terence Crawford's. Considering the fact that he hasn't fought any "quote unquote" superstars, has has made some decent coin. I mean, he made six million dollars his last fight.
2: He made six. He time out, time, out, time out. He made six million bucks last last fight, and and Bob Aaron was screaming about paying him a million dollars. What's going on?
3: Well, I mean, that was supposedly that that's what was reported. His pay per view uh, uh, purse it was a sixty forty split. Now, obviously, we know that the fighter does not take home six million dollars, but you know that's what's reported 6 million you know and before that um, i was looking his uh his previous fights he made 4 for fighting uh kel brook he made 4 point something against amir khan and 4 against uh mean machine so i mean it's it, it, he's not necessarily getting ufc paydays you know
2: ooh so, ooh what do you mean by that ooh. what do you mean by, <laughs> what do you mean by that ufc paydays Dayton white you know Dana white's a real favorite in this studio but go on
3: yeah, you know, he's not getting you know, five hundred grand for getting kicked in the head. You know, Ooh. that's. You wait, know, you know I mean? well, I mean.
2: wait, time out, though. Time out. I'll give you a fifty thousand dollar bonus after getting destroyed and having your brain laying out there on the canvas.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, this lawsuit. Yeah. You know, it's it's hard to prove. You know, unless you you're recording people. You know, <laughs> you you know you you're recording conversations and you catch. Bob Arum saying some stupid things. Now, Bob has, you know, the older he's gotten, his his lips have gotten a lot looser. And I remember a couple of years ago in a press conference, he said, or not a press conference, but in an interview, an open interview, he kind of mimicked what a conversation between Errol Spence and Al Heyman would be and basically pointed the fact that the reason that the Crawford-Spence fight didn't happen is because Al Heyman isn't letting that happen. And, and he's, you know, he took some heat for that, although not much. You know, but because Bob tends to be kind of Teflonish these days.
2: <laughs>
3: you yeah. know, he, you know, he, I don't know if you remember the quote verbatim was something like Al Heyman telling uh, Errol Spence, "Hey man, don't listen to those white guys over there. You know, we, we got to stick together. We're brothers," which is borderline ignorant and stupid. Maybe it happened, yeah, but th- those things you don't say, you know, especially when you when you're. When you're someone as seasoned as as Bob Aram is,
2: you know. Good point. You know, um, I remember when I was at a press conference, I can't remember the exact fight it was. We were in Las Vegas. This was back in the the early 90s, I think, or late 1980s, early 90s. And he said, quote, he comes up to the dice. I forget what the subject was, but he comes back up to the dice. Bob Aram's throwing a press conference. He wants everybody there. I said, oh, man, what's going on? So we go down and he goes, he starts the press conference off with, yesterday I was lying, but today I'm telling (laughs) the truth. And yes. then he went on expanding on some subject, this and that. But you know, he's he's a colorful old dude. He's almost ninety years old. Um, former U.S. attorney, the the uh, leading attor- the leading lawyer out of uh, Harvard Law School in nineteen fifty eight. So I mean, he's got some he's got some stuff on his resume the average boxing promoter doesn't have. But has he stepped out of line on occasion with his mouth? Yes. Um, I happen to think this is nothing more than a negotiating ploy to get out of the contract.
3: I mean, I, I was under the impression that that was it.
2: I I was. I was. I was too. But if he's suing him, there's got to be something going on there. And what's he trying to say? He's, he's trying to get back money.
3: Apparently, um, he's claiming that uh, Bob has his comments that were on purpose to uh, sabotage his career. Um, he's, he also mentioned the fact that that he has shown preference to Latino and Asian fighters. How do you prove that? You know those, those You know, I mean, I know that they say you can sue a ham sandwich. I've always heard that saying, but how do you prove that unless you have documents and, and videos and stuff like that? Um, can someone really say that? Hey, Bob Aaron went out of his way to promote Manny Pacquiao. Hello, he's Manny Pacquiao. You know, Manny Pacquiao. You know, we talk about one of the biggest stars in the history of the sport. You know, you know, Stein Crawford. For as good as he is, you know, he's not a transcendent figure. Is it? Is it Bob Aaron's fault that Terrence Crawford's not on the cover of Wheaties boxes? No, that's wh- why do you have a manager? Well, oh, his manager is, is Bomac. He doesn't have a, uh, you know, a guy that's strictly handling his business. He's because got his training.
2: They cut, they cut, there's no manager there. There's nobody. Listen, um, mm-hmm. Bomac's a nice guy. He's a good motivator yes. in the corner. I don't know how good of a trainer he really is, but he, he seems to be very good in the corner. There's no doubt about it. Okay. But as far as him handling my business, I wouldn't want him handling my business, just like I wouldn't want uh, Tiafimo Lopez Senior handling my business either.
3: Thank you. Exactly. So, who you know, whose fault is that that you know Terence Crawford, you know, isn't Sugar Ray Leonard 2.0? It's that's his management. You know, and, and Terence Crawford, let's face it, I have yet to hear Terrence Crawford as an adult get in trouble with the law. He, it's been documented. You know, he had a you know he he had he had a rough teenage years. But once boxing found him, he's been a great citizen. He's a married man. He, he's got his mom in in the, in the stands. He seems like a decent guy. He's helping young fighters all the time. Uh, he's taken uh, Shakur Stevenson on his wing. Jamal Herring. He's a good dude. And he's a gym rat. You know. So whose fault is that? That that information is not public knowledge. That that he's not making appearances on on, on on the talk shows and stuff like that. That's his management so cool. yeah. far.
2: Before, before your time, there was a guy named Flash Gordon. Malcolm Flash Gordon. He had a uh, little uh, boxing program. It was the hottest thing in the world, no doubt about that. He used to call Bob Arum Massa Bob of the top-ranked plantation.
3: <laughs> but that was a um, uh, boy's uh, man. Uh, uh, Mike Marley. No. You
2: are tuned to Ring Mike Talk Marley, Live yes. Worldwide. We'll be back with Soccer News Palmer Boxing Boxing's PhD right after the break.
3: Special way. I wish I may, I wish I might make you my all star I, I,
1: I am a non attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who've helped people that have been injured or They're- wronged. <clears throat> If you've had a revision or removal surgery of a hernia mesh implant after 2008, pay close no, attention there. to this we'll, message. We'll, we'll hernia mesh manufacturers have recalled some of the mesh material that may have been used in your Is surgery it? due to high right, failure rate. The I'm FDA the wrong, has I'm, even blamed I'm, the I'm recalled the mesh Spectre material thing. for some of the worst of the uh, health issues reported by to, doctors why and why patients. You if you've you had two cut cut or more hernia surgeries for the same issue and you're having severe complications, call the legal helpline now. You could receive a free cash award and have... Have your medical expenses you now, covered. I, I, and there's no upfront cost to hear even. all that They shit, only you know get saying? paid
0: if you win. So please you, hey, call now. Are you feeling better? And that's 817-2968. 800-817-2968. 800-817-2968. That's 800-817-2968. Do you love driving, but you don't love your car payment? Open Road Lending can reduce your car payment by as much as $100 a month or more. It's easy to refinance your car payment. Just call today to get your no-obligation quote and find out how much you can save. To qualify for a lower car payment, your car should be less than 10 years old, have less than 125,000 miles, and you've made at least six on-time payments. Call Open Road Lending today to learn how you can lower your rate and your payment by refinancing.
1: Now more brain talk with Pedro Fernandez.
2: Let's bring in boxing PhD, Socrates Palmer, of course, calling us from the Bronx. Guess who's on the line, Sock?
3: Is it our boy? It's,
2: it's our okay. boy. Let's bring him in. Sock Scott Cuddy, are you knocking out all bums in the hospital or what? There's none left. There's, There's none get left. Rid of them all. You knocked them all yeah. out. They're all out
3: by the railroad track right now.
2: Well, I'm just—I'm glad, glad you're talking, man. One week ago, you weren't. I'm so glad to hear your voice.
3: Yeah, well, you know, like I said, it's one of those deals where you gotta take better care of yourself, and I wasn't doing that, and uh,
2: you know,
3: I paid the price.
2: <laughs> well, we're, we're just glad you're in one piece. So. When are we expecting you back in here? Because you, you shot me a text this morning. You don't like it when other people are taking over. What's, go, what's going on? What do you mean by that? You want to get back in the saddle well, real quick?
1: Uh, I don't like not being in control of anything, <laughs> including my life. <laughs> so, you know,
3: it's uh, –
1: no, I'm, I'm waiting for my doctor to come in, actually, so I can talk to her and see what she thinks and uh, hopefully get kicked loose today. If not, well – we we'll just have to uh, wait and see. Well, but, we, we
2: wish, um, yeah. Scott, I wish you the best, man. Let me move on, but I wish you the best. Thank God you're still with us. We'll talk to you real soon. Okay, say hi to Daniel Phil He's doing a hell of a job. He is. Thank you so much. That is Scott Cuddy. Fox. Get better, Paul, Paul Scott Cuddy, of course. Um, our producer for 16 years. Yeah, for 15 and a half years. He's been like the guy here, okay? With the exception of like when he went on vacation or when I went to Europe or something like that, he was always like, you know, me and him were like Saturdays and Sundays, it was like a partnership. So it was a little weird, but I think I looked it up, it was 811 weeks ago that we started this show together in uh, July 2006. That was 811 weeks ago. Man, that's a lot of shows. Think about that. 811 weeks ago. Anyway, let's go back to the Bronx, of course, bring in the Bronx bomber, Mr. Socrates Palmer. He sounds okay, a little slurry, but he sounds yeah. okay, huh?
3: Yeah, it's good that, you know, he's, uh, he still has a sense of humor, and uh, I think he'll be back uh, calling me up, telling me, you know, we're, we're going in 10 minutes, so I, I look forward to that.
2: Okay, <clears throat> let's talk about Jermell Charlo and Canelo Alvarez. And The reason why I want to bring this up is they're talking about possibly fighting in, in, in May, and I think this will be a great fight in Texas because – the uh, Charles from Texas, and we know that you know, we know that Canelo can draw anywhere he goes, but in Texas, there would even be an, an added advantage there. So they could open up uh, Cowboy Stadium, Jerry Jones, open up Cowboy Stadium, draw 70,000 people in for this one, easy,
3: absolutely. I, so I guess something has happened, uh, a, a detour to Canelo's cruiserweight quest, I'm assuming, because I, you know, we were all under the impression that. That was the next fight. You know, he's fighting the cruiserweight champ. So I guess something has happened. And it's a great fight. It's a much better fight. It's a much more anticipated fight. You know, Charlo and Canelo. And like you said, they could really break numbers. You know, um, Texas Stadium, 80,000 people maybe. It, it can happen. You know, even in this crazy uh, pandemic that we're in, I think they could still draw that money.
2: Well, I'm hoping that the pandemic will start to wane here. I mean, you know, it it can't get a whole lot worse. But for for the most part, though, we'll stick on the pandemic just for a second. The people that are getting sick don't seem to be dying. I mean, I've got all kinds of people that have got COVID now, friends of mine, and in fact, an entire house over there in Antioch, California, the entire house had COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're all doing well, and they're all different ages, and they're all vaccinated and this and that. So, you know, hopefully that – this we can kick uh, COVID in the ass and say goodbye, if, you know, because it's been around, what, it's been two years now.
3: Yeah, hopefully, that you know, that like, continues to trend in that direction um, so we could put this behind us, and it'll be in the history books.
2: Okay, you know, Floyd Mayweather and Kim Kardashian were in the news this week. Did you see that?
3: No, I didn't. Yeah, bit,
2: Bitcoin, Bitcoin fraud. In fact, oh, yes,
3: yes, the Bitcoin fraud. Yes, yes, yeah, you're So right.
2: here's what's up. So I got a bitch about that. You know why? I said. Somebody sent me two thousand dollars of Bitcoin about a month ago. You know how much it's worth now? How much is it?
3: $1,193. So you lost seven cents?
2: No, 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 no. So, so I lost crazy. like nine hundred dollars. You oh wow. It was two grand and it's now right. down to eleven $1, hundred and ninety-three bucks. That's my Bitcoin. I kid you not. I kid mm. you not. So evidently somebody sold me or gave me the Bitcoin was at its peak. And then I'm, like, living life in Bitcoin like half of what it was. So um, I'll never get paid with Bitcoin again, ever, ever. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says, man. I thought I was so cool, Sock. Yeah, I'm doing this cryptocurrency. Yeah, right on, right on. Right on. I thought it was $2,000 in the bank. I went to it, like, a month later. It was, like, 1200 I said, whoa, what, whoa, what? So I call Hector on the phone. Hector says, man, that's a stock. It goes up and down. I go, you're kidding. He goes, you just got to wait it out. He goes, can you gut this one out, Pete?
3: I I mean, it's definitely a a long-term thing. Um, I would probably have to take a cryptocurrency for dummies class because I really don't know much about (laughs) it. I don't know anything (laughs) about it at all. You know, I know it's, uh, as you know, the now, but um, I, yeah, I'm completely lost.
2: Um, As far as uh, somebody shot me a text here, as far as Canelo fighting the uh, Cruiserweight champion, yeah, Cruiserweight champion's got a date with Don King on the 29th. Of course, Don King's right. going to have a card on the 29th. He's not spending any money on advertising. And, of course, he's expecting everybody like, you know to, to flock to his feet and do all this to promote his show for free. I'm not going to do it. Uh, but the bottom line is that's what King's thinking. He can like, reach back on old people, old friends, and they're all going to kick back and come together and uh, make his show a success here. The bottom line is he's not Don King anymore.
3: No, no, it certainly not. It hasn't been Don King in a long time, you know. But you know, just to speak respectfully, um, he's kind of been irrelevant for for a while. I mean, the last time, you know, I remember a a big event with him was Bremen Stevern, you know, getting annihilated in the rematch against Deontay Wilder. But it's been it's been a long time since uh, DK has been a big deal in boxing.
2: Is that when Stavering came in looking so? Uh, how can we put this? Fat.
3: Yeah, I think he was on the Andy Ruiz uh, diet, you know. But he he was a fat mess. Yes. Okay. Poor Don House, a good trainer, and uh, he had to deal with that slob uh, going into that fight. Uh, and I think he the first shot Deontay Wilder landed uh, put him to sleep.
2: You know, uh, you know that's. <sighs> When you're when you're a part of the team and you're just getting paid, and you're not really in control of the fighter and this and that, you got to go along for the ride. Some of those rides are embarrassing.
3: Yeah, it's it's true. Yeah, I mean, because at the end of the day, I mean, your name is attached to that person, and uh, you know. But at the end of the day, it's a check, right? Yeah. And that's how you know. You know, and sometimes it's like putting a square in the in a round hole. It's you know, it is what it is. The same thing can be said about Deontay Wilder. I know Mark Breland, you know, has told people that I know that Deontay Wilder is a stubborn guy that did not listen in camp. You know, so it happens since the beginning of time. Uh, Pete, you know, when you mentioned uh, Flash Gordon, I, I got tongue tied. He was also with Johnny Boz. That was a uh, that was a yeah. one-two punch in New York.
2: Yeah, 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 him and Johnny Boz and there were a few other guys. But the bottom line is, I remember um, Mike Marley went to Flash Gordon's house. Okay, mm-hmm. Flash Gordon lived in, I forget where it was, somewhere in Manhattan, and he went to his house, and uh, he, he knocked on the door, and Flash didn't come out, but it's Flash, he knew he knew Flash was in there. So anyway, Marley kicks it for a day or so, and he goes home, and Flash came over to Marley's house, and, gray, and, and, and took a can of spray paint, and spray painted on the front of his place, leave me the F alone. Wow. Man, the Flash Gordon, Malcolm Flash Gordon. He was a bit of a nut, I mean, but the bottom line was, man, he had Don King on the run, the United States Boxing Tournament. He exposed that for being the fraudulent event that it was. I mean, you know,
3: Al Braverman hated him. He must have been doing something right when you have so many people. (laughs) You know, yeah, Flash Gordon, a a great uh, name in uh, New York boxing history.
2: Al Braverman was, uh, was Don King's vice president. His son, Gary Braverman, the last time I saw him, he was on the People's Court. It was about 15 or 20 years ago. He was on the People's Court. He was the defendant. He was being sued because he sold somebody a fur coat, and it was dog. He said it was mink, and it was a dog. I kid you not. You can't make that stuff up. Wow. Because you well, know they, they ran an antique store. I mean, those what the Braverman's uh-huh. ran an antique store in New York. That's what they did for. That was the front for Al Braverman.
3: I didn't know that
2: so, the antique wow. store. Yeah, that time when 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 I told him he could f off and all kinds of stuff. He could do this and do that. And I hung up the phone on him. And two minutes later, Bernard Fernandez called him. And the operator tells him. Secretary tells him, "Hey, uh, Al, Mister Fernandez is on the line." And then he tore into he tore into out he tore into Bernard for like three minutes before Bernard goes hey hey uh hey Al this is Bernard he goes well still what you're an a hole too
3: <laughs> wrong Fernandez wrong wow.
2: Fernandez no they're, they're. so what about Charlo and Benavides they're in the same camp
3: right you figure that's the easiest fight to make uh, also um, Caleb not, Plant he wants to get back into it too you not know, the he, money him, baby.
2: Here's what's up. If I'm Ch- if I'm Charlo, man, I'm going straight to ben- I'm just going straight to Canelo for these other guys. These guys, the other guys are a risk. If I go to Canelo right now, I can make twenty,
3: easy. Absolutely, that's the lotto. That's the golden ticket. And, and, and if
2: I go somewhere else, I can get knocked off for what two and a half, maybe three, maybe.
3: It makes zero sense. A hundred percent. Too much risk, little reward
2: uh tyson fury was in the news this week of course all the uh the heavyweight champion of the world doesn't know exactly where does he have
3: a fight set yet Mm, i mean dylan white you know that's the that's supposed to be the mandatory and you're right yes tyson fury was uh on social media talking very spicy and even calling alexander usek a steroid abuser and he was basically using one hand to slap two people he was uh (laughs) <laughs> he, was, uh, he was talking about Anthony Joshua and saying that he let a little steroid man, middleweight, beat him. And I saw uh, Vladimir Klitschko kind of chimed in. He said it wasn't that long ago that you tested positive for PDs before our fight. So
2: What can I say? Uh, payback is a you-know-what. Bottom line is, mm-hmm. Socrates Palmer appears Saturdays here on Ring Talk Live, Worldwide, and WBC-TV. Have a good week with the family, young man.
3: Thank you, sir. It's Dad's birthday today seventy five.
2: All right, happy birthday, Socrates Palmer Sr. I will remember that Remember that at the end of the show. You are tuned to Ring Talk live Thank worldwide.
0: And when you get the notion, tower's got the potion I'm uh, talking about soul vaccination.
2: This is Veronica Bennett. that was her born name, she was born Veronica Bennett. let's talk about Ronnie Spector, of course the lead singer of the Ronettes, passed away this week at the age of 78, after a uh, short battle with cancer, a couple years ago she was supposed to play San Francisco, so I found out she was going to play Stern Girls. so I contacted her I said, can we do an interview, she said cool, so I said right on, I was all pumped up about this, right, so it's like this, it's going to go down on a Saturday. The concert's going to go on a Saturday. So I text her on Friday through Facebook. I said to her, hey, are, are you going to, you know, are we going to still do this tomorrow? Blah, blah. She goes, oh, I'm sick. I'm not going to be able to make it. And I said, damn. So, you know, that missed that opportunity. So then she's going to play in Napa, California with the Ronettes and I so with her new Ronette group. And, of course, I uh, went up there and bought some tickets, drove like 75 miles to buy these great tickets, right? And she canceled out on that one. So I realized when she dropped off social media that probably things were going south as far as her, her health was concerned. But may she rest in peace, the great Ronnie Spector born, Veronica Bennett. Man, her sister, of course, Estelle Bennett, was part of the Ron as was the only living member, Nedra Talley. Of course, they were all put together by the man that built the wall of sound. Talk about Mr. Phil Spector. Of course, Phil Spector, a bit of an oddity, but we'll get to that maybe on another day. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking into the world of boxing and MMA, of course, boxing um right now people say eh, you know there's not a whole lot to talk about that's true there isn't a whole lot to talk about but guess what we have a future here and i think we've got a good 2022 barring the fact that this you know this pandemic doesn't get to the point where it's like shutting arenas down and things like that again because i think that do everybody stays vaccinated i mean to an extent dr fauci said i think fauci said it the other day um he's sort of my go-to guy on this <clears throat> if you don't like him you're a buffoon because he's a scientist, man. I can't believe that you know people this week. People I know that are considered pretty intelligent are defying science, and they say, "Oh, you know, science has been science has been wrong for like thousands of years." What do you mean they've been? we the reason why we're living in this world right now. We're still living in this world right now is because of science. Without science, we would have never advanced. So, the bottom line is, I can't believe that people are are knocking science. So, as far as I got, a quick, uh, quick texture. Joe Smith versus Steve Geffard. Who is Steve Geffard? Steve Geffard was a a last-minute substitute. I think uh, Joe Smith's original opponent, opponent, I think, came up with COVID. And, of course, that uh, is canceling a lot of fights, a lot of things. Some guy at the post office told me that half the crew didn't come in, allegedly, because of... um, Because of COVID exposure. A couple of weeks ago, Luis King Kong Ortiz was a fighter in a main event against Charles Martin. Of course, that was on pay-per-view. And I wanted to know how you enjoyed that pay-per-view event. Of course, this was a new concept in pay-per-view where the promoters pay you to watch the event. That's right. Pay-per-view. Think about it. Pay-per-view. You were being at, they didn't send you a check yet. You haven't got your check. $69.95 is what they wanted for this pay-per-view. $69.95, right? Right. And then the day of the fight, they're offering it on Fight TV or Fight Network or something like that for $9.95. So if you were a sucker and you bought it for 69 bucks, you got screwed. There's no doubt about it, okay? But the pay-per-view thing, I think they should have just gave everybody their money. should have paid people to watch that fight because at the end of the day, Luis Ortiz is like older than God. He's older than Cuddy. Okay, he's, old, he's older than God, probably in worse shape than Cuddy. I mean, didn't look that good, looked old. Of course, he's a guy that had some Flintstone vitamins background, supposedly. You know, I'm talking about anabolic steroids and things like that back in the day. But he's 38 or 39 or 40 or 41 or 42 or 43 or 44. Nobody knows how old those Cubans are. I don't know if I told you this, but when I work with some Cubans um, in Miami Beach, Diabelli's Hurtado was probably the best of that bunch. Anyway, um, those guys were all lying about their age. And how I knew what they were lying about their age was we caught them. We were in the, uh, we were in the truck one morning, the van one morning, going to run. And, of course, I smelled booze that morning. I can't, It was Hurtado that was drinking. And, of course, his trainer said to me, don't worry about it. He only has a little drink before he goes to bed. Well, listen, if this guy's smelling like booze at 530 in the morning doing road work, he's having more than one drink. Bottom line is he was a drunk. He was an alcoholic. Anyway, we had a good time running down there on uh, the beach in Miami with these Cuban fighters. But they were all lying about their age. I mean, I think Joel Casimir, I think he won the 1992 Olympic gold medal. I think he said he was like 32 when he won the title. Man, that guy looked like he was like 42 or 45. He might be collecting Social Security right now if he's an American citizen because I'm telling you, he was older than dirt. Just absolutely no doubt about it. So the Cubans are notorious about lying about their age. Upcoming fight scores, WBC champion, 126 pounds, Gary Russell Jr. Last seen on the side of a milk carton. Not a WBC milk carton, but a real milk carton. Why? Missing in action. Undefeated. The guy fights once a year, once every couple of years, something like that. He's good. He's unbeaten. But, you know, another guy like, what are you doing? What are you doing wasting your time? And it wasn't like COVID brought about Gary Russell's um, uh, infrequent appearances, okay? He was infrequent long before COVID, okay? He just was. Anyway, he, you know, uh, fighters, the opportunity, the window... Your window only opens for a little while. When I mean this golden opportunity opens up in this window of your prime, it's only here for a little while. In other words, you've got to get your act together and be able to perform at that point in time. But most guys are just like they're erratic. They don't have you know the right guidance, the right seasoning. I mean, Terence Crawford, without a doubt. I mean, Bo Mac is doing a good job training him. There's no doubt about it. I mean, Terrence shows up for every fight in shape. But if Terrence hasn't made any money yet, or Terrence hasn't made the money that he thinks he has to, he has made thus far, it's not on the promoter to pay him. It's on the manager to get the paychecks from the promoter. I mean, that's the way it's done. You don't expect the promoter like to give you like everything he's going to give you without uh, a fight. Mm-mm. But that's the relationship that Bo Mac, Crawford, and Aram had. In other words, Bomack would go to Aram. Aram would say, I'm going to give you a million dollars for this. I'm going to give you this for that. And Bommack would say, okay, we'll go back and tell Crawford, we're going to take this. And that would be that. That would be his whole managerial activity as far as being a manager concerned. But guess what? He was able to eliminate the 33% that they pay a manager. In other words, that's what it boiled down to, dollars and cents. But here it was bad sense. When I say sense, I mean S-E-N-S-E, sense, bad sense. Because if you don't have a manager, and you don't have to cut a manager, you have to do a thirty-three percent deal with a manager. You don't have to go, but that's sort of like the standard rate for a good, good manager. And what a manager does is he makes sure that your uh, you, you have your, your house is your house is paid for, your rent's paid for, your food's paid for, your training's paid for, um your health care is paid for, everything's paid for. And of course he gets his third of your purse. Okay, he gets a third of your purse. Now a lot of guys don't want to give up that third. I mean, a lot of guys get to the point where, you know, well, I don't need a manager, I can call my own shots. Yeah. Ask Gerald McClellan what that was like. Gerald, of course, left Emmanuel Stewart, went over to uh, the UK and fought Nigel Ben. Knocked Nigel Ben out of the ring in the first round. Knocked him into like the fourth row. I mean, Ben was the Dark Destroyer <coughs> was destroyed. He was like laying out of the ring. The count was like 115, 120. No, it wasn't that many. But the count exceeded 10 without a doubt. Okay, and yet they let Nigel again, Nigel Ben, climb back in the ring. And then, of course, the fight went on like seven or eight rounds, nine rounds. And then, you know, Gerald McClellan eventually died. Oh, not died. He's almost dead. He's blind. He can't figure things out well. In other words, he lives in the dark. It's not pretty. I've been around him, okay? In other words, you know, the fact that he didn't have a manuel Stewart in his corner, because Emanuel wouldn't have put up with that stuff. I saw what happened. If a guy gets knocked out of the ring for a 20 count, or better than 20, this time it's over. 25, 30, 40, whatever the referee's counting, guess what? He counted past 10, fight's over. We're going home. I don't care if you can suspend me. You're the British Board of Boxing Control, whatever it was. The videotapes will show that I'm right, okay? And Emmanuel and I were on the same page on this one. So Emmanuel felt bad. The fact that Gerald left him, of course, and then went to... uh and went, you know, I think he went with Don King for went with Don King, and of course that's what ended up happening. He ended up being brain damaged. Of course, stuck over in the uh, UK after being in like intensive care for a couple of months. Of course, they eventually flew him home. The WBC is taking care of him to extent, but Gerald McClellan has damaged goods because of the fact he had an inept official involved. When you have an inept or a crooked official, when I say inept or crooked, the reason why I say inept or crooked, because it's either one or the other. Either the referee was inept or the referee was crooked. In other words, either the referee was, was you know, Duh, I didn't know what I'm doing, I made a mistake, or the referee was trying to get the dark destroyer, the hometown guy, everybody, uh, the ticket seller, their Nigel Ben, they were trying to get him back in the game. Because without a doubt, of course, Ben was knocked out, the fight was over. But when Cleland, when I saw him last, I guess it was about, I guess about 2004, I flew to Rockport, Illinois. Actually, I actually flew to Chicago first, and he's living in Rockport, Illinois. And Jerry Cooney came up there with me. We had a little get-together, Jerry Cooney and myself. Of course, the, the heavyweight contender that fought Larry Holmes back in 1982, the Great White Hope. But, man, what a what a charitable, what a benevolent man he is. He started a couple of foundations, but Jerry's just a classic guy. So, Clary, Jerry flies out from New York City. Uh, to, you know, Chicago, we do this thing, this benefit. And guess who was at the benefit? Not only Gerald McClellan was at the benefit, but Greg Page, a former WBA heavyweight title holder, he was at the uh, at the event as well. Of course, in 1995, he was crippled when he had a fight in Louisville, Kentucky. That was his hometown. Of course, him and Muhammad Ali coming from the same town, but he had a fight in his hometown in 1995 or 96, and they didn't have any pad on the ring. So when he got knocked down... And he fell outside the ropes. His head hit the uh, the steel plate. It was a steel plate. Of course, the concussion or the damage to his brain was was severe. He was permanently damaged. He was paralyzed. It was so sad to see Greg in that in that wheelchair. here's Greg Page, a guy. Of course, him and Ron Lyle and and Tyson to an extent. But when we all ran together down there in Vegas, when I was tripping in Las Vegas, of course, tripping at the Johnny Taco Gym or Johnny Taco's Ringside Gym, these guys were all like. Like you know, performers there. These guys were all members of the gym, and used to watch them. at train in different parts of the day. In fact, I was thinking about the time with the Taco Man the other day. His name was Johnny Toco. He said, "But so many people called him Johnny Taco." That he finally said, "Ah, forget it. My name's not Toco anymore. It's Taco." Anyway, Johnny Taco ran his gym down in Las Vegas. Of course, this was the the best gym in Las Vegas, and i am never forget some of the crazy things that have happened there. I remember Jesse Reed, the trainer from uh, from Houston, Texas, former. Great trainer, Orlando Canizales brought the Bantamweight champion to, the, uh, to the, the peak of his career, without a doubt, the greatness. I mean, one of the greatest Bantamweights of all time. But him and a lot of other fights But Jesse Reed got into a fight with Bruce Curry. Bruce Curry was the former uh, world champion, former brother, uh, the brother of Donald Curry. Anyway, Bruce got pissed off at him, went to Johnny Taco's gym, and Johnny Taco, the gym had been broken into about a thousand times. So Johnny put this armored door up at the back, this big armored iron door, like you had to move. It was like like a castle door, I kid you not. So this big door is put up, and Bruce Curry and Jesse, Cur- Jesse Reed get into this argument, and Bruce Curry goes out to the parking lot and goes back with a gun. And because of that door, Jesse Reed is still alive. Without that door, Jesse Reed would be dead because Bruce Curry was bouncing rounds off that door. Without a doubt, <laughs> Jesse Reed was a lucky dude. I miss him. I miss all those guys. You know, Reed's down there in Texas. Of course, he's still training fighters to extent, but he isn't doing it at the, uh, the level he once, he once was. But a lot of those old-timers, I was thinking about old-timers last night, you know, Johnny Taco, and then I was thinking about my buddy Alexis Arguello, and, you know, some of the people in boxing. Hey, you know... In Vegas, I miss the people. I mean, they're just, I can go on and on. The people, Bob Aram's still alive. He's 90s, like the last of the, last of those Vegas relics, man. Everybody else is gone. Mel Greb is gone. Johnny Taco's gone. Eddie Futch is gone. I keep going and going and going. The one guy I want to find, though, is Cassius Green, the cut man. Whatever happened to Cassius? Anybody know? You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, WBC-TV, of course, coming to you on VEV-TV. My name is Pedro Fernandez. We'll come back for one more segment, of course, Ring Talk Live Worldwide, honoring the great Ronnie Spector. May she rest in peace, princess. You are the diva of divas. I'll never forget that, that Facebook call. I got a Facebook call. Pedro, this is Ronnie. Whoa! Whoa! Anyway, may you rest in peace, princess.
0: Twenty eighty. Now more brain talk with Pedro Fernandez. The
2: horns of the mighty tower of power. Of course, Paul Scott Cuddy, that was his voice. bringing us back. May he, uh, may he get well even faster than, than, than he is. Bottom line, he's been in the hospital now a week. We wish him the best. Of course, that was him at the earlier in the show there with Socrates Palmer. Want to mention some of the uh, <coughs> upcoming WBC fights as this show is brought to you by the World Boxing Council. Of course, you also. Always check out the WBC's interactive website at wbcboxing.com. But the 22nd, of course, that's next Saturday, Gary Russell Jr. versus Mark Moxell. That's for the WBC featherweight title. The cruiserweight champion, thought to be fighting Canelo Alvarez in May, maybe not, Ilunga Magubu, going to take on Thabiso Machun. Just put it like that, man. Those names are tough. Anyway, bottom line is Robinson Cassell is going to go with Xavier Martinez. That's going to go January 20th. That's the next upcoming three WBC title fights. Now, as far as title fights, tonight's concerned, this is a WBO event going to take place on ESPN. Of course, Joe Smith in the main event against Steph Giffard. Giffard uh, has supposedly, Giffard is an opponent. Giffard has two chances, Slim and None, and Slim just left town. What can I say? That's that's the way it looks like. I mean, he may pull off the upset here, but, you know, when you come in at the last minute, you a be a 2B, they call you 2BA, to be announced. It usually means to be annihilated. In boxing, to be a, TBA never wins. TBA never wins. It just never happens. To be annihilated... That happens often. Anyway, bottom line is you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. WBC mourns the passing of Dr. Clive Noble. I want to mention that on their website as well, of course. WBC's got Nutrition uh, nutrition Committee, Iron and Iodine, all kinds of different stuff. Volunteer Anti-Doping Association, different fighters training. They've got results. they got it all going on at WBCboxing.com. So don't be afraid to go to the interactive website of the World Boxing Council. Speaking of the World Boxing Council, I hope I can have uh, hope to have WBC President Mauricio Suleiman on tomorrow, if not next Sunday. Of course, Ring Talk and WBC TV comes to you Saturday and Sunday live on Sports byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio Channel Two Seventeen, and like a thousand other internet platforms. If you're watching this on Viv TV, of course this comes to you Tuesday on VTV TV Bottom Miners were rock and rolling WBC TV Rocks and Rolls 24-7. Check us out at VTV TV or also on Instagram with VTV TV as well. So the bottom miners were supposedly all over these social media platforms. I know nothing about that. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC TV, of course. I want to thank Danny for uh, stepping in today, of course, for Scott Cuddy. Scott Cuddy spent some time with us on the phone. Of course, the boxing PhD, the one the only Socrates Palmer. We're going to say happy birthday to Socrates Palmer Sr. The father, 75 years old, turned 75. His today. His son is just a... Chip off the old block. What a a credit to society, without a doubt. Anyway, bottom line is, I've had a rough day today. Hopefully tomorrow will be a little smoother. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC-TV, Sunday, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network.